Hey friends, welcome back to the Pulpit Depute Podcast. This week, David says he sinned greatly, but is it greater than the sin with Bathsheba? Let's get into it. Well, once again, welcome back. Glad to have you as part of the podcast. Welcome back to our journey through the Bible. I didn't look again, but we're like on 140 something on day 140. So we're coming up to the halfway point. We're about 40 days away from the halfway point, and a little less than that. And I hope that you're enjoying your time reading the Bible, whether you're reading through with us through the entire year chronologically, or you're just doing your own plan and following along this on the podcast. We're so glad that, I'm just glad that you're excited about the Bible, or I'm prayerful that you're excited about the Bible, and that you are studying it. We're coming to 1 Chronicles chapter 21 today. We're now reading towards the end of David's life, and we come to an interesting situation. In, In 2 Samuel 24, the story is also recorded, it can be a little confusing there, because there's some words that are left out, not left out like on by like a mistake. They're just they're left out. That First Chronicles chapter 21 gives us a little bit more clarity, and it says in verse one, "And Satan, that's the word left out or not put into Second Samuel 24, but Satan stood up against Israel, and if he knew that if he needed to get to Israel, he needed to go for the leader." Something we need to think about as families, by the way. You know, if Satan wants to get to your kids, he may start through the leadership of mom and dad. Consider that, churches. If he, if Satan wants to attack a church, he may start with the pastor. A lot of times we think, and I use the illustration of the, of the situation like uh, National Geographic, you got a lion that goes after the weakling on the outside, and sometimes that's the strategy, but sometimes the strategy is you go for the leader and take them all out. So Satan wanted to go against Israel, and he provoked David to number Israel. Now, it seems, seems weird. He was just to take a census. He wanted to take a census, which there were some times when they, it was okay to take a census. It was okay to take a census in some times when there was taxing that was going to be going on and they needed to pay the bills for the sanctuary of God. I think Exodus 38 talks about that, if my notes that I'm looking at are correct. There were times, we know even in Jesus' time, a census was going on when to pay the temple tax and they would go there for this census. So a census wasn't necessarily a, a sinful thing. It was common even sometimes to to know your military might if you were going to battle. But in this specific case, it is indicated that it wasn't right. It says that David said to Joab and to the rulers of the people, go number Israel from Bathsheba even to Dan and bring the number of them to me that I may know it. Now, this is where it gets interesting. We already know something's up because it says Satan wanted to get at Israel and he provoked David to do this. So we already know if Satan's behind this, this isn't good. But this is another indicator because Joab, who's not been the beacon of spiritualness, if I could use that word, in our study. Joab has not 
been a guy that you're like, if I'm going to pick a godly man to follow, it's going to be Joab. Joab has been a guy who wanted to kill Saul when David was like, chill out. He killed Absalom when David said not to. I mean, he is aggressive. He's, he's, he's acts in his passions. He acts in his flesh. But even Joab answered David and said, the Lord make his people a hundred times so many more as they be. But my Lord King, are they not all my Lord's servants? Why then doth the Lord require this thing? He says, are you sure this is of God? And it wasn't. And then he says, why will he be a cause of trespass to Israel? Joab knew this isn't the right thing to do. This is a sin. Joab wasn't, like I said, the most spiritual man when we read about him. But he knew this isn't right. David had instruction. He had counsel that said, this is not right. But verse 4, nevertheless, the king's word prevailed against Joab. Wherefore, Joab, as an obedient servant, departed and went throughout all of Israel and came to Jerusalem. And I think if I read right, it took him nine months or so to do this census, a little over nine months. And they're counting and getting to some of the people. And then when, when he comes back and he gives the count of the people, Verse 7, and God was displeased with this thing, therefore he smote Israel. And David said unto God, I have sinned greatly, because I have done this thing, but now I beseech thee, do away the iniquity of thy servant, for I have done very foolishly. Now over in 2 Samuel, we seem to indicate that God was upset with Israel in general, so some believe that there's two two things going on here. There is David, King David and his sin. And what is this sin? First of all, I don't want to get too sidetracked, but this is a sin of pride. David is willfully disobeying God. He's had counsel not to do this. He knows it's not the time for his census. He knows he's doing this for his glory. He wants to know how big his army is, his military is. It's all about him, and it's all about to his own glory. He knows this. Even Joab knows this. But David is willfully being disobedient to God. And many believe that there's another sin that's going on in Israel that's not necessarily referenced here, but that's going on. And some believe it's those that are going to be killed that are the ones that followed Absalom for some time. We don't know this. There's just some some reading on that. But God was going to deal with both David and Israel at the same time. Could be. I'm not sure. But David had a sin of pride. And David, when he finally, it took him nine months and it took all of this. But finally, when God was displeased and and, and and somehow, somehow David knew now God was displeased with this after all this time that David said, I have sinned greatly. He didn't say that about Bathsheba. He did say, he did confess his sin about six times in the Bible that's recorded, which is definitely more than Saul, the king before him, who wouldn't do that. David is a man after God's own heart, don't forget, and probably because he confessed his sin often and he was broken over it. But he now says, I have sinned greatly, something he didn't even say with Bathsheba. How is this sin possibly greater? I know we're speaking unhumanly speaking. God hates all sin. But why would he say this was a sin that he sinned greatly and Bathsheba not? Well, I don't know that you can make a comparison on sin, but the consequences were much greater here. We could argue that with the sin of Bathsheba, 
about four people died. It was the baby, David's child. Amnon later died because of this conflict, which was part of the punishment. He said, your sons will fight. Absalom died at the hands of Joab. And Adonijah, his other son, died. Plus, of course, you have Uriah in there. So, But after the census, this census, there was a plague that took the lives of 70,000 people. So there's a great lesson here. That's why some, some believe, and maybe they're just trying to excuse things away and try to figure things out. Some believe there was a sin going on in Israel as well, and God was kind of, if we would say this way too loosely, but we would say this killing two birds with one stone, way too loose to say that. But, but either way, David's sin of pride led to a, a, a punishment, a discipline of consequence of 70,000 people dying. Now, if you read the story, you know David had to get to choose. He could have chosen one of three different punishments. And um, one was, I think, a famine. That was going to last a while, probably. One was a military defeat. And the other was pestilence. And David left it up to God. And God, I think, in his mercy, chose the one that was going. Of course, 70,000 people died. But it it took place in about a three-day period. But 70,000 people died because of David's pride. One author, William Barclay, said, Pride is the ground in which all other sins grow. Proverbs 6 says, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination. And the very first thing is a proud look. Satan was cast out of heaven because of his pride. Multiple times in the Bible it says that God will exalt the humble, but he resists the proud. God hates pride. And in this sin, we may look at the one with Bathsheba and be more disgusted with it. And I would tend to agree with that. But this is a sin that God hates. Proven from Proverbs chapter 6, it's the sin of pride. It's the sin that stands up against God willfully. It's the sin that says, I will have my way and do it for my glory. And I don't care about you, God. And God dealt with David. And David, who had, remember his occupation before he was a, before he became king? He was a shepherd. A shepherd cares for those that he's working with. And David saw his discipline, his punishment, his consequences poured out on 70,000 people that he ruled over, that he was to care for, that he was to, can I say the word shepherd? And it broke his heart. And do you know? There's a lesson in this as well, that our sins, you can choose your sins, but you can't choose your consequences, although David could have. He could have chosen one of three. But today, we don't. God doesn't look down and say, okay, here's one of your three, your punishments. Which one are you going to choose? No, no, no. We can choose our sin, but we can't choose our consequences. You reap what you sow, you reap more than you sow, and you reap later than you sow. And I tell you what, for some of us, my greatest concern is how are those consequences of the decisions I'm making affecting my children, affecting my nieces, my nephews, my family? You see, we, we've got to beware of the sin in our lives, and specifically today, the sin of pride. We've got to be careful of pride. And I've been thinking a lot about pride. I, 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 this week I heard a, 
I heard a former football player, Ben Roethlisberger, and he was interviewing the current quarterback for his team. I don't even remember his name. But he said, I remember when you first got drafted. He said, I'm going to be honest. He said, I'm going to be vulnerable on this podcast. He said, I'm probably going to get, get destroyed by this in the media. But he said, I wanted you to fail. He said, I wanted you to play bad. I didn't want you to to play good. He said, I, he said, because I didn't want people to forget about me. This is a Hall of Famer. This guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's won Super Bowls. No one's going to forget Ben Roethlisberger, and especially in Pittsburgh. But he was so full of pride, is what he's admitting. And he was so afraid of losing his own glory that he said, I kind of wanted you to fail. Even though you're on my team, even though that you're the team I cheer for, I spent my entire career for, I wanted you to do bad so that I still look good. I, I didn't care if my team suffered as long as I look good. And I'm not criticizing the guy. He's confessing it. He's saying, he said, I found myself later cheering for you. And he said, I realized I was wrong and all this stuff. But what I'm saying is there is a sense of pride that we all have. Even staying with the sports thing. That's why a lot of these Hall of Famers, it's hard to, for them to retire because they love the life. They love the limelight. And they're like, I, I still want to play and play successful. I want to be the I want to get the praise. But in the Christian life, there's no room for pride. Paul John said, He must increase, but I must decrease. The Christian life's all about God. Glorifying God, not ourselves. David learned a hard lesson here. Satan wanted to attack Israel. And he sensed some pride in David. And when he got in there through the numbering of the people, he got what he wanted in Israel. I guess my question for us today on this podcast is this. Is there an area, an open cracked door of pride in our life that Satan could attack our family? Is there an area where we just want to be noticed? We deserve some recognition. Is there any area of pride, a little door cracked open that Satan could come barging through? Pride is wicked. God hates it. I've quoted some verses here today about things that God hates, pride. God resists the proud, giveth grace to the humble. We need to be men and women of humility. You say, well, I feel like a doormat. I get it. I know. I don't think being humble means you have to be a doormat. But I do believe being humble means you're going to feel like it sometimes. I do. But I just know this. Pride always leads to destruction. And we see it in one of my favorite Bible characters this week, David. And so I hope that you'll search your hearts. Look for cracked doors of pride where Satan would want to attack your family, attack you, and bring you down the best way he can. And let's not let pride rob us of what our purpose is, to bring glory to God. Have a great week.